where nerd culture collides with hip hop. Tell them it one more time. Some, some hip hop shit. Meltdown Comics presents On Some Hip Hop Shit. Welcome to On Some Hip Hop Shit. From a nerd perspective. Welcome to On Some Hip Hop Shit. We rolling. Friday. Brando Calrissian, it's great to be here with you. As always, this is good. This is a very good day. Uh, Meltdown Comics just had an incredible art show. That is the place where we are recording out of on Sunset Boulevard. Please check out Meltdown Comics at meltcomics.com. 7522 Sunset Boulevard. If you ever get the chance to be here, you should. There is programming every night. There's comedy. There is actually a great show tomorrow called Can I Kick It? And uh, it's a comedy show, and they watch old-school hip-hop videos and then just rip on them. And it's, yes, you can. It's funny. It's worth checking out. There it is. So there's that kind of stuff going on, but the bread and butter is comics. Meltdown so, Comics, Shop XSN. Yeah. It's Get all up. Good. Yeah, on some hip-hop shit coming soon to XSN. Right. But what we do here is we record a wonderful podcast, and it's about nerd culture combining with hip-hop. Because it's a huge crossover. Marvel recently did the hip-hop uh, covers for all their issues, all their number ones, which got a huge response. And I think that graffiti art has crossed over. In fact, Brando, you mm. were a part of a seminal hip-hop comic. Yes. Blockheads. Yeah, blessed to be a part of Blockheads. Uh, it's really just part of my youth and dope to see so many other people who have now since come into the industry and become factors we have one such factor with us tonight the young gangster with a pencil <laughs> the gangster with a pencil yeah i like this introduction so far <laughs> he goes by the name of chase conley hey wait can i i, I can i can cuss on here right yes oh shit. hey you motherfucking right i'm in this motherfucker man <laughs> oh yeah what's up yo that is excitement hell yeah i'm in here you right where are you from chase charlotte north carolina man go panthers yo we play tomorrow what's up uh-oh do you actually really like them? Yo, man, what you talking about, man? <laughs> what? Dude, I didn't know if anyone really liked the Panthers. Come on, I man. Mean, what you talking like, about? I'm that's Charlotte. like asking if Petey Pablo was hot Yo, in North man, Carolina. first off, 
I, yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can draw that parallel. You know, I don't know if I can draw that parallel. I do say this, That's like this, asking though. if Ninth Wonder is the shit. Yeah, there we go. There I like go. that one so much better. Are you a Little Brother fan? I Well, I'm a Ninth Wonder fan. Okay. I'm a Fonte fan. I actually like them working together, but I enjoy them working apart. Hmm. I just think that Fonte has not found his sound yet because certain motherfuckers should just stick to what they're good at. And I think he's an amazing lyricist. So he was with foreign, so you didn't like his foreign exchange? Stuff? I just don't like him singing. I don't mm. want him to sing to me. You know, like that uh, Charity at Home, <laughs> Gangsta. Yeah. Yeah. To like the last five, six songs. Yo, man, Fonte, cut it out, Bree. Cut it out. So, I don't want I don't want I don't want to hear Fonte singing to me because he's so ill. Right. You know, it's just certain it's like a waste. You know? I would much rather hear somebody else. You know what I want to hear from you, Fonte? Giving me the ill of sixteen mm. or thirty two. Or just no hook. Right. Because that's what you're good at. Man. Yeah. But people get you know, these false senses of security. Yeah. They think that, yeah, I'm good at this and nobody's telling me I can't do this, so I'm going to do it. So what about the rapper Big Poo? Uh, you know, I ain't never been sold on Big Poo like that. I think that uh, for me, uh, shit, man. I think that, for, uh, okay, let me, let me sum it up. I think that there are aspects of every artist who I look at, I mean, that I look for when I look at an artist. I think that for you to be someone like a Big Poo, there needs to be other aspects that embody an MC that you need to use to make up for mm -hmm. lack of what I like out of you. One being the first thing I look at and I always lean heavily to is lyricism. Mm. So mm. I think that charismatically you gotta be... Yeah. It has to be unbridled charisma That's, for you to make up for that. When you were saying that about having people who are amazing singers, like mm -hmm. Fonte is, no doubt, you know, yeah, he, incredible singer, talented. incredible singer. And Say, I think he Lauren can sell Hill, songs when, to people. When Lauren Hill was but, singing. Uh, well, Lauren Hill, though, is I an want, anomaly. Yeah, she's an anomaly, and she's amazing, but I want. But L I want Lauren Hill to spit. Though. I want L. Yeah. I want Lauren Hill to spit. <laughs> yes. Talk that talk to me. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah. Sixteen you know what though, I mean? from I think L. Bug. Who has gotten better with time? I mean, I think that anybody that shouldn't give it up <laughs> should get better with time. Mm -hmm. I think there's a natural progression in everything. Okay. I want you to tell me what you think of this. This production is gangster. It reminds me, in case you know the thing I love about Night, and I love about RZA, and I love about Mad Lib, and I love about Dilla, they are masters of the perfect loop. They sample it perfectly, and they find the perfect loop. You and let I mean? it rock. Come on. And let it rock. Beatbox, this is back to the block. Before every rapper sold rocks. Before everybody needed rocks. And they watch, just watch. Now it's all about boardrooms and stocks. Words paint pictures. I'm an artist, not stop. Raw beats, raps, right. this is called. You like that? I mean, I, I, yo, first off, I love his delivery. I just know who was influenced by. Mm. And to me, it's a less potent version of it. I mean, to ask my opinion is for me to so compare. Who is he influenced by? Who to me, I just feel like I can hear, I can hear Fonte. Mm -hmm. I mean, of, of course, I can hear, uh, I can hear uh, 
I can hear Andre, you know. Right. I can hear Scarface. Who, is, more, who but, was that? That was the rapper Big Poo. That was the yeah, rapper Big Poo. Okay, all right. Yeah, let's tell the people. coming out that, that came out. In like For me, I ain't May. hating, no. I, don't, I think that it's all about, it's about right. picking your poison. I think that in any given day, because of the production, I'm going to listen to him. And he ain't talking no bullshit. That, it clicks off. Okay. When you close that, it clicks off. So keep it up. All right. Yeah. Edit yourself. <laughs> no, I just noticed that. I hope yeah, I'm saying anything. I think that um, there's a certain I think that there's a certain threshold that you pass because me as a person who's also been influenced because I used to make music, I used to make beats, I used to write, I used to record, all of that stuff. That's why hip hop has influenced my work in such a fashion, and I mean hip hop in the truest sense of there's five things that incorporate hip hop culture, fashion. Break dancing, scratching, you know what I mean? Graffiti, rapping, mm-hmm. you feel me? Like all these things. I think yeah. there are about four or five elements that are really real that really incorporate hip hop yeah. culture. And this is an audio visual program. Yeah. So, so while Chase is talking, y'all can feel free to go on over to mm. where? Where can they? Chase see? Conley at DeviantArt. Oh, yeah, man. You know, well, first off, man. I'm like a ghost out here, man. I work, <laughs> you know, I work, I work hard. Um, I got many uh, influences and I'm very blessed in the sense that a lot of my uh, big homies have put me on game. Mm. And, uh, but I've been working for production companies for the last four or five years and I haven't really needed to get a website for myself. I leave my deviant art up. Yeah. I do yeah. it, man. That's you know enough, why? Because man. I've been there. Yeah. For about 14 years. I've had two accounts. One I've had for about 10, I mean about five. The other half about like seven or eight or nine or something around there. Chase Conley at DeviantArt. Not yeah. Easy to find, man. You know what I mean? Really, easy to enough. find, man. I'm easy to find. And you then know? everything else, you know, you can you could TiVo, you, you could Netflix. Yeah, yeah and, you can do you things know. like that. Yeah. I think that, you know, I will say this, though, as a disclaimer. The only thing about working in production is the fact that I have to sign NDA agreements for everything I do, and most of the things that I do are two years ahead of the schedule when they come out. So I've been holding things in pocket that I feel like, you know, whenever you reach a threshold, it's like Malcolm Gladwell's, like, the tipping point, right? I reached a tipping point, which we always reach a tipping point at some point with our work or our career or so on and so forth. I feel like, yo, man, the stuff I look at online, it, like, hurts my heart when Mm. I look at it. Because it's not reflective of where I am. And the only thing that hurts my heart about it is because I strive to be so much more. You know, I don't really compare myself to other people. I compare Mm -hmm. myself to myself. So I say that as a disclaimer. You know, you can search me. You're going to find some old ass work. And you can like it or you're not going to like it. But you're not going to take hip hop out of the equation. Because that's who I am. Well said. Well said. Actually, I'm a... um... I'm gonna clip that out and send that to you. You can put that on your new website when that drops. Portable uh, master, yo. There it is. Nah, nah, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> I'm just serious. You know what's interesting is a lot of times, uh, you know, we put a lot of separations on people and on artists. And when I say we, I'm just talking about the collective uh, culture. And 
it's like you're talking about so many things that carry over. You know, people say, oh, you're an artist. You're a yeah. visual artist, mm-hmm. you know, as if to, like, put you in that box. And that's mm-hmm. the only thing that you could do. And having worked with a lot of artists, you know, over the years, having had Imagination, which was an animation company that existed for 10 years doing independent projects and TV show opens yeah, and stuff like that. Having worked on slow jams. I love how he just, like, Laid that smooth ass shit right <laughs> over what we were saying. You nice. just set the whole tone for our conversation. Yeah. Please continue, brother, and make sure that shit is motherfucking epic when you say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let's dedicate this podcast to uh, Mighty Maurice White of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Mm. Um, Rest in peace, man. Man, that uh, was a great loss. Indeed, indeed, great and, loss, but uh, and a great light. You know what I mean? Even great everything, man. Yeah. You know, and then what did he live to? Seventy six. Yeah, come good, on, man. Good, you yeah. can't hate, yeah. yo. And well his done. impact in seventy six years. Well done. I wish I had that impact. Mm. If I have that level of impact and that, the, the, to for, to have the works of my life resonate with people's souls so much. So, in seventy six years, I would easily trade that for any kind of other longevity beyond that. And he would be considered a, a recording artist or a performing artist or a musical artist. You can't tell me that Maurice White wasn't a visual artist. He transcended all bounds, man. Because when you look because at back then, Earth, Wind, that and was, Fire. That was required of you. Yeah. It was an all-encompassing form of expression, man. Mm. From the costume design to the way you carried yourself. You know, being an artist, man. And my, 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 one of my mentors, Karen Grant, told me, yo, you got to be an artist 365, 24-7. You know, everything you do gotta be a statement of yourself, man. Yeah. You feel me? That's dope. That's that's being an artist, man. Yeah. If you're an artist, you're an artist. So when were you told that? Yo, man, I was told that when I was a young buck, man. I was a, I had fortune in my life, man. I had some real mentors, you know. Probably fourteen. Some of the other mentors. Uh, not fourteen. I say I was, oh let me let me I got my math wrong. So I'm twenty nine now. I'll be thirty in May. So I started off in Charlotte. You know, I met everybody, uh, you know, spent half my life in Jacksonville. Uh, I met everybody I know now professionally in Charlotte, man, uh, at the Heroes Convention. Mm. You know, Heroes, hard hard to find, is the staple comic book store. Pretty much until you get to Atlanta, Mm. you know. uh, Mainly they host their own convention. And still today, Heroes is sought out as the artist convention. Mm. As an artist, you Mm want to go to the Heroes Convention. You know the turnout. See, this Wizard. Charlotte. Yeah, this is Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm. Panthers. What they call Charlotte? What's, 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 what's the like Queen the Queen City? The Queen City. Boom. Yeah, they actually call Cincinnati the Queen City. Yeah, man. We was the first one, so kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> We're built on seven hills. That's cool, man. <laughs> we the Queen City. No, 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 no. All shit talking uh, aside, I don't know which one came first. And either. please, yeah, erase everything I just said. No, Charlotte, Cincinnati. Not. We're in California right now. Hey, shout out to Cincinnati. No, man, I, I fucked with Cincinnati too, man. Shout out mm. to my, my boy Khalid, man. Mm. Yeah, Yo, man. By the way, our shout introduction out. produced by King Smo from the Animal Crackers out of Cincinnati. Boom. What's up with the animal crackers? What's up? What's up with the animal crackers? I feel weird every time I hear that. What's up, Smo? Who are the animal crackers? We'll have them on. (laughs) (laughs) This is a kind of sneak, uh, sneak Indiana. uh, Uh huh. One of the DJs. 
produced Bootsy Collins stuff. Hey, man, Bootsy. Yeah. So, Bootsy. I mean, he did his thing. Come on, Eric, Animal and Crackers. Who, yo, tell me Small, who ain't you ill. you did your thing on tell the intro. Tell me who ain't ill. Yeah. They came out of James Brown's camp. Mm. I'll wait. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Brown. I was listening to another podcast. I detoured us. Where where the hell did I detour uh, well, us? Let's yeah. get back. Let's get back. Right. We're gonna be I, doing I, this so, all okay, night. So no, we're, we're going we're back to inspirations, right? Or, yeah. or influences anyway. or mentors. Mentors. There you go. That was the right word you used. So one. Oh, I'd love for you to talk about Quran. Quran. Yeah, no, I will. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that now. I mean, yo, man. Because people don't know like they should know. Quran Grant, man, one of the illest cats I've ever met in my life, and uh, I had the luxury of meeting. Him, LaShawn, Ed McGinnis, Sanford mm. Green, mm. whom we never really made a bond with, uh, me, Sanford, because we stayed in the same city. Mm. And we had different influences, you know, mm-hmm. whom mm-hmm. I've come to respect as a professional. And uh, not only that, yo, as a as a black man in America. But True. I wouldn't necessarily call him True. a mentor, but he was there at the same time. There and I go. still think that there was a certain uh, a level of impact that he had Most on my career Most by up. nature of him being there yeah. by default. I don't want right. to say that like it's detrimental to his epicness or oh, anything, no, but no. okay, we'll start with one. So, Cameron, right? Yo, I remember being like 16 and I always wanted to do comics and I came to Heroes because I was like, yo, I'm finally going to a convention in my city and I, I feel like I can do it. I did three pages in a night. I had no clue. Because I was, I, I came from like, I looked at anime, you know? Mm. I was doing character layout though. Right. Uh, my level of backgrounds, I didn't understand. Like, one thing I read from uh, Rowena, a fantasy painter, you know, she came from like the Boris, Boris Vallejo, Julie Bell, who are, you know, they're married now, from that era, you know, 1970s, 1980s, fantasy paintings, novel cover right. stuff. And she, I remember in 92, I read, because I was given a book from a friend of mine that was published in like 85 by Rowena with her covers up to that point along with Boris Vallejo mm. and it was backgrounds add credibility to your world mm-hmm. and that was the most impactful statement but I didn't understand that at the time because what I took the most enthusiasm with man you can keep that shit turned up yeah. oh yeah yeah halfway oh, halfway yeah. halfway, yeah, halfway. <laughs> like that shit you were grooving my bad my bad everything you just said rhyme I speak in a rhythm like that <laughs> no no real shit though I think that that had a huge impact on me mm. and I remember being like oh shit all these guys are in an online collective. Mm. You know? Mm. That was right around the time Mad Twins came out with Blockheads. Boom. You know? Mm. And that was the closest, most tangible thing I had to hip-hop being bridged with comics. Right. And they also had those animation influences, which is essentially hip-hop. Taking <laughs> elements from everything and right. putting them into one thing. You know, right. and remixing right. them into something new, right. rehashing what right. is existing, and adding your own personal spin on it—that's hip hop exactly. in its truest sense. Yeah. So to stumble across these brothers was like, damn, that's fucking dope. Uh, you know. And I remember because it was like I took my my, my portfolio up, and Karen looked at my stuff, mm. and then Lashawn was there, who mm. was a newcomer to my eye. Right. But had more in tune with what I had wanted to do than most other people, except Caron, because he had that flow and that boogie, mm. you know? 
mm-hmm. that juice, but he had a certain level of finish to his work. I wasn't familiar with LaShawn's level of finish because he worked in animation, right? which I've evolved into that level of finish because now I work in animation and I understand how his work is what it is versus his work being what, uh, Chiron's work being what it was. And Chiron was like, yo, your shit is dope. And then mm. a couple other people came and looked at it. A couple other people came and looked at it. And it was like, fuck. So you had a little table there. You had a little table. It was, it was the best moment yeah. of my life. Yeah. And I'll say that, honestly. Yeah. Because I'm an artist from the big, from top to bottom. I live, eat, breathe, sleep art, man. That's what I do. So that was a level of validation I had never really understood before. You when know what I'm saying? When did that start? The the since the beginning of me, really, always. You were drawn from the. I yeah. cannot separate myself, man. I got a I got a funny story. Well, it sounds like some cheesy cinematic shit, right? Mm. So like, I ain't never met my father, right? Mm. I don't know what this motherfucker looked like, but I remember this though. You know, if you grew up in a black family, you got that room you don't go in, man. That's the living room. That's where you entertain company at and shit. <laughs> so we had the uh, the the the, uh, <laughs> the the china cabinet. And back behind some of that shit was like this piece of paper. It was like some parchment paper. It almost looked like a fucking treasure map to me. Mm. And I had never seen no paper like that. It was like off-white. I had like, uh, not perforated edges, but the edges where you have you rip it out of a spiral notebook. Right. I I was so young, I ain't never seen a spiral notebook before. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm just used to like loose leaf paper in a package. Right. You know what I mean? Shit mm-hmm. probably came from the pharmacy or something. Eckerd's. You know what I mean? <laughs> Throwback. <laughs> And um, so you found it. I waited two years, though. That was huh. the interesting part. Mm. I waited two years, and uh, I got a little older. And I went to the back of the China cabinet because my parents, man, my grandparents rather, who raised me back then, they worked in furniture factories their whole life, you know. Mm. And they had to work fourteen hours a day. I went to before school and after school. Mm. I attribute that to my level of understanding now. I think that that was an amazing thing, even though at the time I didn't understand it, but I think it was valuable to me. Right. And every sense of who I am as a person, uh, my social interaction, all that stuff. So I got left at home alone by five. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sitting at home, but yo, I had yo, I got the key to the house, mm-hmm. and I'm living on a property where all my family live. Mm-hmm. It ain't like I need to worry about that. I'm right. letting myself in the house. Right. If I got a problem, I walk to my aunt's house. She right. right there. I can walk right. to my uncle's house right there. <laughs> my great grandmoms is right there. You feel me? Yeah. Yo, man, I took that that time to take that picture out of that fucking thing. You know what it was? It was an immaculate drawing of an old man. In, in uh, oil pastels, it was immaculate. It was one that uh, it changed my scope on the level of what artistry was. How and old were you at this time? I was five, wow. and it was dated 1985. I was born in '86. It signed Daniel 1985. That's the way. I, that's the time I learned my father's name. That Whoa. was your father. And I'd never Whoa. seen him in his life, Whoa. and that was how I learned my father's name. Wow. From an, an immaculate... I'm talking about good by my standards now, and I'm a fucking art snob. You have a piece still? <laughs> I don't want the piece, but it's uh, in my grandparents' house in the uh, same china cabinet. It ain't moved. Mm. Where's it going to go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. They live in the same house. The you layout's still the same. You don't want it. I don't wow. need it. 
Why would I want it? Yeah. I don't know. I don't need it. I, I think mean, that it, 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 I went through a transition. I'm not saying that in a hating sense. Right. Like I feel some sort of resentment. I think that I've gone through stages as any young man would. Yeah. Uh, you go through a stage of, you know, as you're taught as a young man, mm. your father, look at your father, you know, because that was way before P. That there are certain pros and cons to PC society. I think that there are things that we should have taken into consideration. I think there are certain things that people just need to get over. However, I think that the era we grew up in, mm. including all of us in this room and at this table especially, the best time. Because I think that, first off, one, man, there was no, it's, it's unapologetic. That is what it was. Mm-hmm. And you got to adjust to that. Right. I think that was an amazing thing for me, man, you know. It was an amazing thing for me. You moved forward. Move yeah. forward. What is it, man? This is what it is. So what you gonna do now? Right. You feel me? And that's all it was simple as that. But I but you know, I went through the thing of being like, Oh man, that's what my dad did. Mm. I wanna be like that. I wanna draw. Not only did I have a natural affinity for it, because it was genetic on both sides of my family. Mm. Uh then I did that. And did you ever feel like I wanna be better than this? Yo, man, I'm getting to that point, man. Oh. Don't rush me. <laughs> <laughs> you got me, man. I'm so hooked. Boom. Awesome hip-hop shit. Yeah. yeah. Don't rush me. So uh, <laughs> that evolved into, like, okay, I'm not as good as that. What does it take to acquire that level of understanding? Then to, okay, I understand the path I'm on. This is where I need to be, to be in, in, included in that level of understanding. Then to the point that like, oh, now I know how bad my mom's is struggling, you know? Like, yo, man, she like fighting tooth and nail. My mom's is an amazing woman. You know, shout out to my mom's, Billy Conley, and this Freddie Gibbs, Mad Lib came on. Yo, this is the Knicks <laughs> joint right here. Yeah. Hey, man, shout this out hip-hop to moms. shit right here. Yes. Hey, man, don't stop playing beats the whole time I'm talking, man. I'm I, Especially I, I, when this joint came on. Lesky. That is. I'm my bad. Let me let no, me not listen, say. I'm glad you can appreciate good music. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's my shit, man. Yo, man. But anyway, I say that right, and then it, it it evolved into a resentment because once you understand like financial standings, I mean, by the time I got like 13, 14, I was hanging out in the streets. You know, I was getting in trouble, but I was in the streets, so, and I wasn't doing anything that benefited myself or anything. So the art just took a... No, it never took a backseat. Mm-hmm. That was always... I was the nigga that was drawing. Right. You know what I mean? I was that person. Did that ever save you? No, always saved me. Uh-huh. I, don't, I could tell you... Yo, I, I remember this one joint. Man, I'll tell you a story right now, man. Mm-hmm. I was about 16, 17. Shout out to my homie, Tashawn. Uh, Big Pat, you know, we call him Big Pat because he look like Project Pat, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Big Lee, nice. you know what I mean? Nice. Uh, Big Mike, all, all all y'all, man. I know all y'all. Quentin, to everybody, man. All that Bill, shit, all that White shit, Mike, that's all that. trill. That's all that, trill. All that, man. That's the trill. All that, man. Big Pat you know and man? the homies. You know what I mean? I know, man. I can, I can keep shouting people out because there's about 40 <laughs> motherfuckers there that night. You know what I mean? Rico, and Rico fam. dead now. That's down south. That's down south. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Real shit, man. Yeah. Oh, you know, it, it was just one of them things. And I, I just remember, man, like, we pulled up to the spot because uh, the homie, I was with a couple motherfuckers, man. You know, we was little niggas and I was driving and uh, they was trying to buy some weed. And uh, I was like, yo, man, I'm tired of waiting for these motherfuckers, man. 
I'm about to go to the crib and get some food. Mm. In the 10 minutes I left, they pulled the two car scheme on them, where they was like, one dude came up and sold him the weed. The car right behind him came up and was like, hey, yo, man, he just sold you some weed. Cause we all know him. Mm. He just sold you some weed. Can I see the bag? Mm. Brr, pulled off on him. Hey, man, how stupid are you to fall for that? Right. So they called me and I put $10 on it, man. Yo, man, you know, we was young niggas, man. <laughs> I ain't got mad money. I'm not working. <laughs> That ten dollars is like that put yeah. a hole in my pocket, bro. And I remember that, man. And mm. then that it, it escalated to him when the homies told his big his big brother, who was the big homie, mm. that they had a problem. And then the big homie, who was the one that sold the weed, that was in control of the motherfuckers to put the shit in the place, right? Had a problem. And then we had a square off. And so I just remember walking to the uh, elementary school because you know it's dark. That's where we used to ball at Lebanon Elementary, man. Shout out. So we, we we walked back there and it was just a bunch of like it was about six seven Cadillacs back then, you know what I mean? And it was the next thing I know I just been walking up and it was just like all this extra shit screaming. And I remember my boy Big Pat was the one that was like the one that was came up and he was like, "Hey man, hey Chase, what you doing up here? Hey man, hey, I want all y'all to know Chase ain't got nothing to do with this." Uh, you know shit like mm-hmm. that I mean I got mad stories like that yeah. You feel me Yeah, Mark And then that shit ended in a shootout like that. And then Rico died Brent The dude that was driving the, I mean man, shout out to Brent man You know mm-hmm. this no disrespect to his family man I ain't even gonna speak ill on him like that You know what I mean But he died in a couple weeks You know And it wasn't had anything to do with that But right. it's just like it's real You know what I'm saying mm-hmm. It's real and 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 that's my that's my thing though you know it's like it's not it's not hip hop culture that I'm tied to I think it's a story that's told through poverty that I understand right that's the language I understand right. you know and so even in the midst of that even in the midst of that you are protected of course man as an as an artist because they love as, my as work a recognition. everybody yeah. wanted to they see recognize. me succeed yeah. Yeah, who don't want to see somebody succeed anybody right. man you'll never go to no hood ever when nobody is, when somebody is talented and, and somebody just want to see their downfall, and if it is, they're in the super minority. Right, right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, people talk about what's ugly nice in the get hood. A shout out on a yeah. podcast. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey, I wish I could shout out the homies out, man, but you know, time mm-hmm. ain't, it ain't enough time for all of yeah. them. No, people talk about what's ugly in the hood. Mm-hmm. Um, People don't. Maybe not even know what's like what's beautiful in the hood, you know. It's so like everything, it's, it's man. Beauty. The hood made me. Yeah. I think- Art obviously is uh, something that still kept you focused, kept you on yeah. track. It kept me on track in every way because even in those horrible situations, the thing that always brought me back, the one element that always brought me back, was the art, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and it was recognized by anyone. Who who I wouldn't even think would have had appreciation for it. Right. They always recognized it and they held it coveted and they understood that that was what my path was. And that's so, nice. And I mean, I mean it's beyond nice. It yeah. is a, a blessed feeling. Yeah. You know, I mean, even though I call myself an atheist, uh, maybe agnostic, borderline. You know, but I think in the sense of the figure of speech, very much so. Yeah. You know. So you you jump jump forward to. The Heroes Convention. Oh yeah, we was talking one, about mentors. One of your, hey, we went one on of your one. heroes. Yeah, we went on we one. So okay, so yeah. then, then I met Cameron, right? Mm. So then all these other cats came up because um, I was a young boy. I wasn't saying I was nice like that, but they appreciated my presence there, which I appreciate. 
and um, they all my best friends today. You know, mm. so Lashawn Thomas came up. Y'all know Lashawn Thomas. If you don't, man, yes. kill yourself. You know, uh, you know he getting busy. You got a Google machine. Yeah, he getting busy, and um, you know he came up, and he was my mentor uh, along the latter half of my career, which it is now. I mean, I'm only thirty, but in the last five years, he's given me much guidance, and I think that in those first. Well, I always, Caron, I always touch base with all the time because he is grounded in it. And Caron was doing titles, like big comic book titles, opportunities that you never saw afforded to other black artists. And he was killing it. And And he functioned mm -hmm. as if he never, you know what I respect about him? Mm. I got to sit myself up in the chair. Yeah, I will a little bit. I think that I respect so much about him because... He's never been afraid to leave a job. He does what he wants. I've never seen any other artist do exactly what they want, when they want, and always function on the highest level. Except him. You know? Yeah. And that shit is real, man. Yeah. That shit is real. That shit, like, it kind of, like, hit me in my soul a little right you know right. what i mean because right. i i feel I envy have to do. Right. you know i feel envy not envy in a bad sense right. but envy in a way like teach me your ways well, that's an appreciation mm. absolutely to the utmost you know and i think that me do and you him feel like a jedi like yo, in that way like do i feel like one? yeah i feel like he's one mm-hmm. i don't even consider myself a padawan i think that's disrespectful to if you if i call him a jedi to call myself a Padawan is to put myself in the wrong categorical league mm. as him. Nice. What are you putting yourself in? Mm, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I like the Force. I think it's cool. Yeah. There it is. The Force. One of the things we were going to talk about, your story is so interesting. You know, we were going to get topical and, and thematic on this show. One of the things we were going to talk about was Star Wars yeah. and white supremacy. Yeah. Not that one thing leads to another but the what's the relationship yeah but do they not but do they not because what i notice is the importance in myths right we put a lot of importance on or we put creativity in this culture in a certain box and then we put business in another box uh we put politics in a third box but in reality, all things in the universe by the laws of physics are interrelated and interdependent and intermingle. And one of the things I was surprised by, mildly, was uh, the reaction to there being a black stormtrooper in Star Wars. And because um, I always thought of people who are fans of Star Wars as people who would find the core teaching Mm. in what Joseph Campbell describes as the journey of the hero Mm -hmm. which is basically a collection Mm -hmm. of indigenous teachings (laughs) from throughout the world Mm -hmm. and Joseph Campbell distilled it into a book uh, and George Lucas, from what I know, inspired by that, inspired by Japanese culture and Japanese filmmakers, you know, imagined it mm-hmm. as what we've come to know 
as Star Wars. And I mean, I don't know, just speak on that. I mean, speak on what you, how you feel, because as black people, as a black man who grew up south of the Mason Dixon line, mm-hmm. your views on these kind of things, you like it's Star not stuff. Wars. Um, yeah. You know what? Don't let me let me explain. Yeah. I think that um, Star Wars is something I discovered later in life. Mm. Um, very much later in life. Mm. All the way after I graduated high school. I wouldn't say that I think the first Star Wars movie I ever saw, complete front to back, was the shittiest one ever, which was episode one. Mm. That did not deter my taste from it because I knew Vader as a character and I love Shakespearean tragedy. Mm-hmm. And to me, I love uh, Vader and Doctor Doom. Those are my two favorite characters out of pretty much like any kind of modern fiction. I appreciate them, you know, very much so. So I think that, yeah, that had no bearing on it. I got it. You know, Hayden Christensen, you got the Abercrombie and Fitch model ass motherfucker to be the hardest motherfucker in the galaxy. Yeah. I forgive you for your transgressions. Right. You know. So yeah, but I will say. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, that's not the way in. Right yeah, yeah that's I will not the say way this in. though. Um, I think that just by now, now I understand. I mean, I've always I've I've grown to understand that now. I mean, for a long time, I think that uh, the fascism that they put forward in the new movie was what they were hinting at before mm. but I just think cinema wasn't ready enough for the on the nose level of communication of ideas that we are able to do now you know we can be on the nose with things that make people uncomfortable mm. you know we can actually do that in cinema now it's, it's, it's publicly accepted while we do have a PC generation right. there are people that push the boundaries beyond that you know mm. and I think that that is one thing but you gotta think what about, about it like, thing, like well, we're oh, hold supposed up, man. To, okay, hold my bad, I will my say bad, this though. Bad. I will say this. Uh-huh. It wasn't but one nigga in the galaxy. <laughs> and that was Lando. Yeah, I was like, what about we're And that to be was so Lando. Happy. You feel me? Yeah. That was Lando Calrissian. <laughs> hey man, and not only that, he was the coolest motherfucker that was actually alive. Oh, yeah. He just happened to be Billy D. Williams. So you trying to tell me we all gotta be as cool as Billy D. Williams <laughs> to get a part in Star Wars? Right. That shit is gonna never happen. <laughs> that will never happen. Cause nobody is cool as Billy D. Williams. I know. Yo, man, picture yourself on the Colt 45 ad. You think you can pull that off like Billy D? You can't. You feel me? And so that's what it requires. I gotta have a cloud planet. I gotta turn. <laughs> I gotta like. I gotta like betray people. Where silk sky Come city. Come on, but like, yo, sky but city. tell me, Billy D. Yeah. Oh, wasn't clean. Um, it was unbelievable. So, Crispy. So, so John Boyega, right? Yeah. I got. I, got I had the pleasure of working boss. with him for a year mm. on the Major Laser uh, series, which I was so, series director for. There it is. And uh, you know he was filming the Star Wars thing at the time, mm. so like he was playing Black Market, which was the parody of the little Asian kid that ran with Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. Short. But ran. you know we know him as uh, Moses Ninja. You know what I mean? Mm. Shit like that. Mm-hmm. But you know he was in the desert, and his voice was getting gravelly and stuff like that. Yeah. So you know, but no, I will say this though. I work with him, man. You know, I didn't get to see him record. I never met him in life. 
Right. But he was the utmost professional to me and one of the most standout characters of the major laser cartoon, you know, which was associated with Diplo's last album and all that. Yeah. And if you haven't seen Attack the Block, you know. If you ain't seen Attack the Block, kill yourself. <laughs> a lot of it's, people it, kill themselves. No, so a lot of people should kill themselves, man. <laughs> it's pretty much like, uh, yeah. yeah, you could see the inspiration for being yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's the, it's John Boyega yeah, and Star Wars material. Yeah, it no, don't have man. anything to do with. And, but, uh, and, you know, the thing I think that was dope about it was. There's the no fact. giveaway to black culture for putting John Boyega as one of the leads. Not at that all. Wasn't a, that wasn't a solid that J.J. Abrams did to black folks. Well, that it was, wasn't like that, a that disservice was, either. It wasn't. No, it was. It was actually more than not a disservice. It was on the merits of itself a smart move, yeah. business wise well, and creatively true. That was like Captain Kirk and uh, yeah. Aurora. Yeah, you know they had the first interracial kiss in the history of American television. Shout out to Star yeah. Trek. Really? A lot of firsts in Star Trek. Yeah. Hey, in space, man. Yeah. It all happens. Shit happens in space. And that's yeah. the thing. Anything can happen in space. <laughs> <laughs> and you that's know, why people were pissed off. Yeah. That's why the white white supremacy, as I talk about it, well, they feel I'm like that's find it. They feel like yeah. it's a redemption. Well, first off, you got to understand. Yeah. Yo, man. There was only one black dude in the whole galaxy, all the galaxies, plural. Movies. That they ever explored, and his name was Lando. He happened to be mm. Billy D. Williams. So that lets me know for, you have to be as cool <laughs> as Billy right, D. Right. Williams to exist. But even then, in the next ones, that you needed to be Samuel L. Jackson. Yo, but he was Mace Windu. That's yeah. awesome. Come on, man. Yeah. Hey, yo, man. Hey, I always got this problem with episode three, man. Let me rant for about <laughs> like five minutes. Man. Okay. First off. Do it in two. Yo, all right. Yeah, I'm gonna wrap it up. So, <laughs> yo, so Mace Windu. Destroyed Django Fett, and he did it with flair. And you know, Samuel Jackson got bad motherfucker engraved on his lightsaber, oh, yeah. and he was the only person with a lightsaber. And with the way they ranked him, he was number two to Yoda. Right. Yoda was right. the strongest with the Force. Remember, Mace Windu was second running up as strongest to the Force, yep. but also was the best lightsaber duelist. Mm. Yo. Not only that, you, they got Samuel Jackson old ass mm-hmm. to like behead Jango <laughs> Fett and then pose after. So you gonna tell me like he was trying to have a conversation with a dude that was using force lightning and then he just shocked him with force lightning and threw him out the window. Mm-hmm. You remember on the first or well, the second episode, mm-hmm. I forget which one, when mm-hmm. La- uh, when Anakin yeah. flew out the building and was just like flying and then landed on some space cruiser. Right. You trying to tell me the second most powerful Jedi in the universe gonna... could not have lived from that. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Kill yourself again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, no, that's, I a well you, found, that's a well-founded rant. I, I, would say. I feel I like would that. Say, yeah, I would say. And, and, I feel like that. Yeah, so, so awesome. you know, I really feel like the evolution from those kind of characters that maybe felt a little bit like afterthought can i give you a quick question yeah just to interject and i don't sure. mean to be rude brother yeah you seen the gindi mm, no oh you haven't seen the gindi cartoons 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Clone oh, Wars, the Wars, way before okay, the Clone okay, Wars okay, okay. series is three D. I thought that you were talking about some Yo, Indian man, shit. Oh, yeah, of course. Army yeah. Of yeah. And that's how yes. it, because the way they yes. wrote them. Yes, books yes, and stuff. yes. Those I mean, were so yo, good. Yo, man, hey, man, Those don't so get me good. wrong. I'm a nerd yeah. too, bro. Yeah. I done read Star Wars books, all that type of shit. Gendi I understand mechanical levels who we're of about. power levels and shit, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Yo, man. I remember that dopest scene after he beat an army of people. After he beat an army yes, of people. Yes, I remember that scene. My, I'm sorry, dude. After he beat an army of people. Him and Yoda smash two ships in space, two battleships yeah. together with the force. That's what the force is supposed to be like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you trying to tell me he got shocked by some force lightning with this motherfucker that look like one of them wrinkled ball cats. Both both Clone Emperor Wars. I don't, I mean, yeah, I mean both Clone Wars cartoons felt so much more true to me than you know, episodes one, two, and three. So, and uh, let's get back to the racism of it, though. Let's yeah. get back full circle. I think that, first off, by nature of what it was, it, it just naturally progressed to be that way. Because I think that at that point in society, white people had mm. so much more of an upper hand, um, especially in mainstream cinema, um, because globally they're still more accepted mm-hmm. than any other race on the planet. Right. Which gets told over and over to over you. And over. I don't know if you hear this in, in Hollywood back rooms. Oh, black doesn't work overseas. But they hit they, they say that, you know. Yeah. Or they use like you got you got those few exceptions. They, yeah. They're you know? not they don't want to see black people Yeah, but you know what, man? Fuck they market Tyler, though. <laughs> Tyler Perry doesn't do well overseas. Fuck they market though. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like it ain't about that, man. You know, like I I there there's I think there's a balance between everything. Yeah. I do sophisticated stuff, and yeah. I do think, I mean, sophisticated in every aspect of storytelling. Everything right. that has influenced me as a person. Obviously, you have your audience here. Yeah, but even even beyond that. Yeah. Because um, it's not necessarily about the audience. That's something that you acquire mm. later after you have put out a consistent product that is a culmination of who you are, which defines your voice mm-hmm. as a person. There you go. You know? There you go. So I think that's when you find your audience. You know, you don't know your audience. You can't predict your audience. Same thing with Trill League. You know what I mean? Piper. Yeah, man. Shout out to Anthony Piper. He sleep on the couch over there right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> he just threw a sign up. He good. What did you want to? What did you want to say about that? Well, I wanted to say a lot of things. One, first off, yo, to all y'all podcasts out here hating, yo, man, kill yourself, man, because mm-hmm. first off. You already violating so many things about what you stand for. Secondly, you're a critic. Without the existence of product to critique, you have no merit or existence. So I get whenever you got to take a stand when things are so detrimental to certain cultures or to your culture for that. Just like kick all the extra bullshit to the side mm. to your culture, but you feel like you got to speak on it to a certain amount because you know you're trying to do a service to you know to people that that take it in and to the 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 minds that are very much more like uh malleable you know to certain information but also taking to consideration trio leak in itself is based around superheroes i don't know if you know this but you should know this (laughs) superheroes in themselves are fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's niggas running around in spandex, B. 
and they thought they solved every problem by force. That in itself is a it, it does not exist unless you're right. talking about the police, right. talking about niggas. Right. But we you know, other than that though, I mean it's it's if there's well no other genre that should not be more aware of itself other than the superhero genre. If you haven't noticed everything in recent and then let's like One Punch Man as a parody, which is a because people think that comic books is mainstream. Mm. Comic books ain't mainstream. Manga is mainstream. Mm. Anime is mainstream. We're talking about struggling to get a million compared to 55 million. You know, that's different. Mm -hmm. We're talking different levels, man. Mm -hmm. You feel me? So you got something like One Punch Man that is like, honestly, it is so aware of itself as superhero genre should be. It's niggas running around in spandex and capes. You never seen that happen. That never made a transition into real life. And it never will because it's fucking ridiculous. If there's any genre that should be associated with being aware of itself and then also being like culturally relevant in terms of pop culture, I'm not trying to justify pop culture by saying that. Yeah. I'm not trying to do that. Right. I'm saying that pop culture exists. And regardless if Ant don't do it, Someone's gonna do it worse. Somebody's going to do it. So would you not rather somebody because it's with a some smart kind idea of, because you're it. taking a ridiculous exactly. thing, you're turning it on its head. Exactly. I mean, the level of execution. And like, I think that you should can I, be can I, able to recognize can, that as a critic. Yeah. You can know, I ran and, on that and the one level second. of nuance. I think he gets so much hate because his the sophistication of his level of finish. They feel like they expect something different. They want mm. somebody with that level of sophistication to do what they want. You know what I mean? They don't want to. They don't want to see. They, they they would rather see that ratchet shit be done by somebody who they feel like is a mediocre artist. Mm. Don't be elite and do that because then right. you gotta serve whatever their agenda is. Mm. Fuck your agenda. I don't know your agenda. Right. Your your agenda ain't mine. Right. And I live the real ass life, man. Right. And it, I I would refuse. I would never let nobody. Tell me my life ain't legitimate by nature of you motherfuckers not getting along with what the fuck I got to say. So fuck all of y'all. So how do you do that in your work? How does that how does that translate to you? I think all of my work embodies every single experience I've ever had. I think it all is embodied in Wandisha's like <laughs> <laughs> he keeps Thighs. coming back to that. <laughs> Focus, Brandon. Yeah, I, you let know. me elaborate on your question. Yeah. yeah. I think that um in every way, uh, there's a rhythm that goes with everything that I know as a man in mm. terms of hip-hop culture, which I grew up in and everything. I think there's a rhythm in the cycle of life when things repeat. I think that you notice, and wisdom teaches you, when things repeat, uh, there are certain signs that come up when you know that there's a certain part of the cycle that's coming around again. Uh, I think it's just spatial awareness. When it comes to my work, I think that there's a rhythm there that I want to encapsulate, but there's also a level of sophistication that I hold myself to. So, I, like, for me, my art is always a balance between figuring out how to, how to have my work stand next to the people who I hold to be the upper echelon 
while still bringing something new. But the thing about the new shit is, like, we, we work in hip-hop, you know? Black people ain't came up in the world, but, like, in the last 45 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it ain't like there's a whole, like, there's not hundreds of years of our work there in large as part a reference through point, hip-hop you feel me yeah. no blueprint there's no blueprint so you got to figure that out and then in that point you got to do it by nature of how the crowd reflects to the things that you give them you know like and tyree delahaye shout out to tyree man you know yeah. what i mean shout out to tyree you, he told me one of the illest senses you know he told me this about two three years ago he was like yo man what you do you make art you make art for artists or do you make art for people because people way outnumber artists. So who do you make artwork for? And that's a legitimate question. One that you would probably go back and forth on to the day that you die as a creative. Mm. You know? But the one thing that I think that you can think about is the fact that a lot of these motherfuckers are so-called critics. You know? I'm trying my best not to shout they bitch asses out. <laughs> Cause I really want to right. But I ain't no even light. trying to give y'all no yeah. shine man no Yo look me up y'all Don't nothing you do affect my money See, see, see. Let, me, let me calm down man Woosah. Yeah no, but go on go on go. Well it's a reality Your work is speaking for itself It's a reality that we both share And the share. fact that it, the reaction is so yeah. strong Dude man if the Either rea- way if it it's wasn't, speaking for itself If itself. it wasn't reality yeah. For a certain amount of people The reaction yeah. would not have taken it wouldn't right. have gained footing exactly so fast exactly you know and i understand it i think that their arguments and most often than not man is always like it's detrimental to the culture and negativity spreads and, fast and a lot of black people and i get that a lot of black people don't have the experience really yeah of being in an environment that's all black yeah you know in the south I, I went to i went to school at morehouse yeah i was in Atlanta university center yeah in that frame, I didn't see I didn't see white people for like you know except for maintenance like <laughs> for for the better part of my freshman year, I moved off campus and you you know we mix occasionally it wasn't a negative thing but you see the diaspora of the black experience and you see the beauty in the ratchetness and you see the beauty in the intelligentsia and you see you know life. I, but you know what though I do relish in the beauty of uh, Which was what South Korea brought to me mm. I thought that uh, Well I've always felt this way as well I, The versatility of life The way that it throws things at you Including people I, Just the variety of people that I meet I don't ever want to be bogged down right. By one culture Right. I don't ever want to be bogged down by one person. Right. I think that that is the worst thing you could ever do to me. That would be that would be cursing me. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. Uh, because I'm too. I, I I'm I'm too curious. Yeah. As a person. Absolutely. But you know that you've recognized that as something that you want to be a part of. You want to be Absolutely. an international society member. I mean, Absolutely. It's, you know, but a lot of people are not there yet. You but you so? have that strength. You could... I don't think a lot of people are. I mean, look, if you if you see a Republican uh, convention, they don't but that's a lot of people. Yeah, well, those are yeah. I you're mean, right. All, all I'm saying, I don't count them because they always exist. Yeah, but, right. but, but here's because that's thing. generational, uh, like like that's generational, like influence over right. Listen, shit. Bottom you know line I mean? is, and the reason my philosophy or my thought is on why it's so loud now Mm. is because 
they're losing their grip. I mean, I think people are evolving. I think with the internet, I agree. with the connection, you are you are forced to I be agree. a member of the international community. Wholeheartedly. Yeah. And if you are a part of that, you cannot just be a fucking idiot anymore. You mm-hmm. cannot stay in your bubble. Yeah. Right. And so the extreme ability to reach out, the counter energy to that is the extreme ability to fight and for a gr- when America was great, I mean, are you kidding? When when I hear "Let's make America great again," I'm thinking, what are you actually talking about? Are you talking about the time where we had the Japanese in internment camps? Or are you talking about Jim? Because Crow? you realize that you realize that was only 40 years ago. Oh, so yeah, yeah, so absolutely. if you're talking about making America great again, to me, I automatically take offense to that. Yeah, yeah. Because it because wasn't it's great. Like, it's like, yo, it wasn't great. People always be like, let's go back the to the 50s. 50s. Yo, bro. <laughs> hey, man. We didn't even sell Jim Crow. <laughs> we didn't even right. rights. We didn't have civil right. rights. Hey, yo, but, but why are we going to go back to the 50s? That shit was not great for and, my parents. I and agree. There's a lot of... I agree. You know what I mean? But it's taking people time to get there. Right. To understand that that's yeah. not the way... It, you know, the... Found, I mean... Listen. What we did... Did you guys see The Revenant? Yeah. To that whole shit... I mean, people don't... You know, people don't think about that. Right. Like we are on land where we killed people. Not we. They, huh? Not we. No, no, no. I'm saying as America. <laughs> I'm saying as America. But I get you. I get you. That's a little bit of the white guilt coming out. <laughs> but then, yeah. but then I'm saying so. But that's extreme because not many people have seen a movie like that. Mm-hmm. Then you have Twelve Years a Slave, which just came out. Not many people have seen a movie like that. And then that Turner joint. Let me say that. Mm. Shout out to that dude. Mm. Shout out to that brother. Mm-hmm. He put, he he just he won the the whole Sunday. He put that shit in Sundance. It was dope. He did the costume design himself. He funded all of it. Yeah. He did, he directed. He wrote it. He did all that, and he starred in it. And he just sold it for a record seventeen million dollars for Netflix. Yeah. I'm wow. not saying that America loves slave movies, but right. I'm saying that it's a, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Well, that <laughs> after we yeah. just had all that shit come out from the Oscars, the one thing they buy right. is well, yeah. A slave movie. Right. I'm saying it's Nat Turner though. A slave revolt. Right. And it's Nat Turner yeah. though. Yeah. Which is the real story that should have been told. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And you know I mean? speaking of comics, I don't know if yeah. you ever saw the Nat Turner comic. No, I haven't. A, by Kyle Baker. See, I don't read comics anymore, right. man. I left comics, man. Let me tell y'all, man, because this is a comic The Nat podcast. Turner. Oh, um, amazing. You know, the last, going back to what we were talking about earlier with my influences, when they all kind of left comics. Hmm. I kind of left with them, and I had a few people that I really dug. Mm. They they came in, they had that rhythm. They reminded me of hip hop. I'm not talking about rhythm in terms of line or anything like that. I'm talking about in the way that they approached right. shape language sure. specifically. You know, mm-hmm. shot to shot, and then shape language. That's what I look for as an artist. Right. That's what I appreciate, and I appreciate your ability to romanticize your specific shape language. You know. If that makes any sense to anybody that would hear that. Oh, yeah. So I think that, you know, when they left comics, I fell out of it, you know. Uh, I fell back into it. Uh, well, I've always loved manga, mm. but only specific ones. But because, well, mainly because I've been running for the majority of my life. But with comics, man, who I met, Chris Brunner. Shout out to Chris Brunner mm. and Jason Latour mm. and Rico Renzi. 
you know we're talking about charlatans man nice and they's got their show option by fx southern bastards if you ain't reading that right now it's on the shelves right now if you're not reading it that right is now amazing awesome charlotte unbelievable charlotte the running rebs stand up Nice. That's Charlotte. Charlotte. Stand up. up on yeah. that. I That's gotta get Charlotte. Up on yo, that. Hey, y'all, man. Jason Jason be drawing Cam Newton jerseys. Because back then, Cam was in Auburn. Well, he wasn't in Auburn then, but he put Auburn jerseys on him. Right. You know, man, come on, man. That's Charlotte right there. Uh, that's great. Real I mean, shameful. I have to tell you, that is... Well, mm. Jason Aaron, right, mm-hmm. is the writer. Yeah, and, and I love Jason Aaron's writing in that oh, shit. That yeah. shit is flawless. He did Scalped. Oh. Did you read Scalped? I read Scalped as well. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So when they when he came and started doing Southern Bastards, mm-hmm. oh my God, the profiles now that mm-hmm. he's doing on the individual characters mm-hmm. in that particular series is fantastic. It's fucking amazing. Oh, I yeah. love it. I, I recommended it to everybody. I've been telling everybody it's the best comic on the show. I mean, it's amazing. Mm, Chris yeah. Brenner did a stand-in issue, finally. You know, the reason why I like it is because, uh, and I don't mean no disrespect, but it's Jason Latour always had his own art style. Yeah. Chris Brenner is the truth yeah. and has always been the truth. Mm. And so Jason's style has gotten closer to Chris's. Mm. Mm. You know? They've always been like a collective, yeah. which dope. is natural. You know, but Chris was, the, Chris was the young dope. boy. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. Chris was the young right. boy. Yeah, so it's, I, it's like Serena, yeah. Serena Williams. Yeah, you know, Venus came out and exactly. won those good yeah, grand I mean, slams, but then Serena came like, yeah. whoa, but like the just, remix. It just, it just like one of them yeah. things. But this like, is the Jason's remix. So you are back into that comic. Yeah, yeah. And there's a that. few comics you're dabbling. Well, in. Uh, well, what what comics did Quran do that influence you specifically? Fantastic Four. Uh-huh. Um, this Quran Grant. Started doing comics then. Kaboom. You know, mm. Joe Mads, uh, Kaboom joint. Right. You know, that right. was optioned by Nickelodeon, I think, at one point. It didn't go anywhere, mm. you know. And they went back to Battle Chasers. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Joe, man. Yeah. He the home. That's yeah. Oh, house. yeah, Joe, man. When you started talking Fucking about. Fucking Joe, man. So what other things? So animation's big with you. Uh, that's my. So let's talk about that real quick. What you want to know? Well, uh, we had an interesting talk off air about what you're doing now. Yeah, sure. And um, I'm interested. I mean, you had some strong opinions about different levels of animation. Obviously, you want to be a part of the best animation. You're working on something now. I don't know if that's on an NDA. But talk about sort of what your influences are, what you love. We've talked on this show about how big of influence Ninja Scroll was on many a people. And then maybe some of your influences, and then what kind of stuff you are doing and want to do. Well, um, let me see where to start. I think that, yeah, animation to me has always been uh, probably the more influential thing in in terms of how my art has been presented, uh, the level of like sophistication, and also. Everything I saw was like Disney Channel, Gargoyles and stuff. And, you know, I had a legal cable at four years old. I mean, at four, at fourth grade. Excuse me, that's a big difference. But at, four, at fourth grade, with my neighbor, you know, and we had two of my homies, you know, Clarence David and uh, I forgot, Alan, you know what I mean? But uh, they was my big homies, you know. One was six years older than me, one was three, and one was 
four or some shit like that. But they was watching Ninja Scroll. Mm-hmm. And we had illegal cable. So, you know, when they put tapes in their VCR, whatever you watch on your VCR, Channel 3, it's what they watching. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They was watching. You know what the part they had? It was the Kogan Ninja leader smashing that chick. That shit fucked my mind up, yo. I was watching Gargoyles and all that shit, yo. So and I was you put the tape in the VCR. No, no I didn't the, put the, no tape in the VCR. Okay, they I'm put saying, the tape I said, in. I went to CBS. Okay, got it. I, I, I like, switched my channel. To CBS and it was like he was smashing his like, <laughs> You know what I mean? He was smashing. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. And not only that though, but the influence of how sophisticated the artwork was had a crazy effect on me. You know what I mean? So I, I just said Ninja Scroll, but that is true. That really did have the effect on you too. In fourth grade, that shit was the first most sophisticated piece of animation I ever saw. And I never went backwards in that. It always ruined me for that level of, um, like, the, the everything. St- yeah, I wouldn't say everything. That's not well, true. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's not that's true. Too, that's too audience. It's almost like artists. there's an affinity, though. Well, I have a natural affinity for yeah. it, of course. I yeah. think that, uh, or for the mature content, I mm-hmm. think. Right. But I think what it was with the level of sophistication frame to frame that I responded to. Even as a kid. Even as a kid. No, even as a no, fourth it, grader. Res- that shit it's re- like, I think I watched Akira when I was like a fourth grader. Exactly. Yeah. It, it yeah. resonated with me on a level that yeah. I could not. Yeah. I could not extrapolate it in time. I could yeah. not. I could not. I didn't know what I was seeing. Right. I didn't know how impactful it was going to be on me. Right. But that's what it was. Yeah. So comics was catch up game. So Ninja Scroll, then where where'd you go after that? Okay, so from there I started uh, Battle Chasers had just started. Let's give it like a well. I I was always drawn to Joe Mad. Yeah. Back when he was working on X Men, and I had a subscription to Wizard Magazine. Yeah. You know, I had a subscription to Wizard Magazine. I got a stack of Wizards in my mama house. Mm. That's old school from like '94. Stack of Wizards. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Real shit, man. I was right, like, listen, I was I got in the it. Mail away toys. Yeah, still. yeah. I sent in like shitty. You remember they had the uh, <laughs> they used to have the envelopes of the month. The people that would mail into yeah. the the artwork on the envelopes. Yeah, yeah. I used to send in so much artwork on the envelopes. I never it? got featured, uh, yo. I never got featured because by the time I was business. decent enough to get featured, they yo the internet took them over. It was like yeah. yo, they never they evolved. Doing conventions. Yeah. Well, fuck Wizard World Chicago. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because you know what thing was? They split up the best convention in the fucking uh, year for artists, which was the Heroes Convention. Mm. They will always tell you that. And in Wizard World Chicago, because Wizard World was like trying to establish itself, like yeah. scrambling to try to get some relevance. And so they scheduled their conventions the same weekend as with I mean, as uh, Heroes uh, Con in Charlotte. Mm. So he's trying to split up comic book talent. So they got to choose. It ain't but so much comic book talent, man. Right. You trying to make it split up, man? Mm. Fuck all y'all. Yeah. Hey, man, I'll never go to no Wizard World Con. Yeah, I'll never do it. I ain't never done it. And fuck all of y'all. I would never do it. Because I would never do it. They don't affect my money no way. So right. it's easy for me to say that. Right. You know what I mean? Well, if they were affecting your money. I still say fuck well, so them, man. I'm a go. person of integrity. <laughs> so there you go. There it is. Take a sip from yeah. the <laughs> and that sounds like uh sounds like I mean just being in LA having been established 
as a working professional, yeah. you know, gives you a certain confidence yeah. to be able to kind of feel like, I, I, you know, my work speaks for itself. Can I ask you guys a question? I could be real. I mean, outside of the work, because, um, you know, I think that honestly, my work is nothing ultra special, not at all. Um, I'm well aware of the people around me. I'm also well aware of the fact that I pride myself in having a certain level of understanding at which I do not have pieces to reflect that. So, in saying that, do I come across as an asshole? Because I, 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 wonder, I wonder at times about this because, like, you know, we, I come from a different, a different place. You know what I mean? And the people I'm used to interacting with aren't the same type of people. And I've always wondered that. You know what I mean? Um, that's another quotable. Am I an asshole? But, it, do you know, do you come off a certain way? It's like everyone's saying Cam Newton come off a certain way on the eve of the Super Bowl. And that was somehow ginned up as this kind of controversy and when, in fact, it's just someone of the information age and the knowledge age saying hey facts i'm the best i'm the best out there doing it i am the mvp i, I don't have that. to be humble i don't have to be cam is a man yeah exactly it's it, but is the man. but you don't even have to be you know at the apex of the nfl to feel that way and then it's dope like uh in this time it. that you don't have to have the false humility that is supposed to be required of someone who enters into the public sphere be you an artist be you an athlete you know in order to be considered palatable or deferential I think we all get that yeah i think that's who, I think who that's needs very to, evident why do you well, need to defer at this point well i was gonna answer the question on whether you were an asshole <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please do that yeah. Yeah, please i mean do that. you know that's what i'm looking forward to I'll yeah, be right back. yeah no, i mean thing. personally the way i look at it is this are you being an asshole to me? No. So I don't think you're an asshole. Do I, I see you that. treating people in the moment, in the time that I we've been together, you know, treating people like shit? No, I haven't seen that. You know, having confidence in yourself, uh, appreciating art, knowing what good art is, and then holding yourself to that kind of standard and, and expecting the best out of other people too. You gotta say you see that. What's that? I do. Yeah. And I, and I don't think that's an asshole. What it is is to people, in my opinion, who are not as confident in themselves and not as confident in what they like mm -hmm. or what they're feeling mm -hmm. are intimidated by that. And they may say, that guy's an asshole, but that would probably be the wrong use of the word. Be I, don't, I don't think it's anybody's necessarily describe me as an asshole, but I do take a certain amount of oh, let me think I, okay so people react a certain way and I take a certain amount of the way they react and I kind to I try to like categorize it okay you feel me so that's the only way that I can categorize it if, I, if I'm being an asshole to them right when in actuality I'm just being normal right and I fucking like everybody, man. I've been talking to you the same way since you just first seen me, right? Yeah. You feel uncomfortable? No. No. Do you feel like I'm consistent? Yes. Exactly. Right? 
So what the fuck is the problem? But I know that people uh, have a problem. Right, so then let me I'm not you saying that. you have a problem. I'm saying no, like as a hypothetical. I get that. You know. Uh, but I answer not, the question and, from and, my and, personal. And, 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 I'm, and I'm also let me say this right before you say that, if you don't mind. Please. I apologize. I think don't. that I'm not saying that there is a problem, but I'm saying that certain people do have one, but they don't like. They don't. They don't vocalize right. what their problem is. Same thing that Ant having a problem with, like you know, when and I'll go ahead and say it, man. Shout out to Reg, man. Fuck that uh, Black Tribbles podcast, yo. Fuck all y'all, yo. You know what I mean? Don't none of y'all know me. Don't none of y'all know Ant. And all you do is pretend to know about what you do. And you're fucking critics. Holler at me once you do something. And then when you do something, and I feel like it comes on my radar. Then maybe we can talk. But after that, man, I mean, before that, rather, fuck what y'all talking about, man. Because, like, yo, you don't know anybody that has to do with me. We're talking about me. We're talking about Anthony. We're talking about people that work hard for what they do. We work very hard for what we do. And it's not the, uh, of a matter of us not understanding. Like, yo, the voice that we're supposed to be speaking to. I understand the responsibility on my shoulders as a black man. I totally get that. I totally get it in every regard. But like, yo, man, you go out of your way to hate, that ain't my fault. About I ain't pissed. Well, I'm just saying. Put it this way. You have an opinion about I have an opinion people about people saying something. I don't know. What's this podcast? This podcast is called, yo, shout out to Reg, man. My homie Reginald, man. My homie Reginald made black triples podcast right black triples drag tribbles like you know like tribbles that was in star trek back okay. in the day black tribbles that's my homie he made that podcast okay when and so and so like uh he left you know what i mean okay. and they, they tried to take over like the his co-host took over his brand uh-huh i guess they tried to treat it like a majority voter like it's a board or whatever i don't know it's a podcast that. that was doing something yeah and- so last week they talked about my homie anthony Ah, and my thing is, it's like, yo, man, I work in that too. You stepping on my toes too, you know. And what they, were they saying? They're they're talking about Trill League. Yeah, they were talking about Trill League. So let's be specific. They were talking about Trill League, and what they said was, it was the lowest common denominator mm. of black humor and entertainment. And I totally get their argument, you know. I totally get it. I wrestle with it myself in every single way because I don't want to do that. There's no uh, original idea that I've come up with myself as a com- like a, con- a concept that has parodied what black culture is, you know. But I realized it's not black culture; it's hip hop culture, which is not rap. Which is hip hop culture, which has transcended everything. It is the primary culture, and that's pop culture. And if we don't do it, who else gonna do it? Right. Because somebody else is going to do it. That is the one thing that I've always dude, said. man. It's going um, to happen. The, yeah. I've worked on Black Dynamite, dude. Um, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was a lead designer for that shit. So you feel they, me? I did all the so advertising. They went in on it. They went in on it, and they still continuously do that. Okay. Yeah. And so, have wow. they specifically? Because I've seen some of your about, huh? deviant <laughs> art. I've seen some of your art on deviant art. They'll never come after my art, though. You know why? And have people gone after your art? Never. 
that to your face, right? Never. Nothing. Fuck to my face. They don't do it behind my back. And if they do, then fuck them, man. Mm. You know what I mean? Fuck them. Because most of the time, anybody that has any kind of respect for any kind of art, they like my shit. You know, mainly because I ain't no, like, sucking nigga, man. I understand that there's so many people that's nicer than me. I feel so privileged to be here speaking to you about what I do. Right. Mm. Not only that, the people that I interact with on a day-to-day, I feel privileged to know them on every aspect of there's no I, I, I say that in the most plain spoken way because there's no semantics game that you can play by me saying that statement. You understand me? Yeah. We got a young Malcolm over here. Fuck that, man. <laughs> I just don't like we, we got a yeah. we got a young you heard yeah. of uh Fred Fred Hampton? <laughs> I know all you that. You got to look into Fred you got to look into Fred Hampton because what's crazy is I just you know I what I will say this though before you say that. All right. I'm an educated brother. There it is. You know, I don't feel like I need to elaborate on that beyond what the fuck I've said. And I think that the combination of my vernacular versus my level of understanding should be appreciated as it is. And who cares? Because I don't ever judge anybody else beyond that standard. Right. But, <laughs> man, I do what I do, man. Y'all motherfuckers do what y'all do. Leave me alone. Hey, leave my nigga Ann alone, man. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we, yo, we 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 give sophisticated content. Actually, I don't care, I guess, I don't, I don't care yeah, about yeah. the writing content. Right. I care about the visual aspect of it. So, would you want to be on their show? Who Ant shit? No, oh, they shovel. Fuck they show. I can do they show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I can hold my own. Right. Well, it's not you gonna body me intellectually. Right. You don't think I'm a well-read individual? Where I you listen, bottom I'm line. I'm not saying you. I'm yeah, talking no, about no, no, I'm talking about that. them as yes, a hypothetical absolutely. question. Absolutely. And I'm and I'm Dumb. trying to gain the knowledge. Yeah. I don't know. I've never heard their podcast. Yeah, fuck their podcast. <laughs> and, Except for my, my and, homie Reg, yo. And here's shout out to my homie Reg. And then yo, man, watch Gotham. Season What's one the, and season two. What is the hearing that shit? What is yeah. the theme of their podcast? Nice. Garbage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it sounds like Throwing garbage on no 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 no. Let me not hate though. I think that they are uh, all, all, all bullshit aside. <laughs> what they probably the they probably won't even make it beyond what I just said. But I'll say right. this though: their theme is they are. You know, the black community has very specific gatekeepers that they think that you you have to pass a certain amount of criteria yeah. based on like if you're going to school that year. Mm. Like this is the yearly criteria you have to you have to. You have to qualify for all of this to move forward. Right. They have a criteria, but their criteria is so skewed and is so whack that I don't get with it a lot of times. But I'm just saying whack as a subjective standpoint. I'm not saying that it's actually whack. I will say this, though. The problem that they have with Ant Joint, yeah. which is my nigga shit, yeah. and I'm, I'll stand behind that. Right. You feel me? Yeah. I've told him, wait, when he was like, yo, real shit, man. Like yo, your shit dope. Mm. I, yo, man, I got you. I don't care what I gotta do. I'm yeah. in your corner. You just have you. You're not using I your intuition if you can't well, look I, at I it. I say this that they they when I said that when I I feel like they they don't know they don't understand exactly how to. This is the thing. It might be dangerous. Yeah, to them it's it dangerous. might be dangerous. It's dangerous because it's it's dangerous associating yourself with. But first off, the merit of what he's done has been justified by the amount of people. Yeah. As a following, he's picked up mm-hmm. 
feel me? Yeah. And that shit is quick. It's fast, and people gonna be salty about it. You know, yeah. niggas be crabs in a barrel, bro. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Feel me? It's, it's uh, you know, I've never seen a podcast battle. There it is. Hey, man. Uh, first, man, we on some hip hop shit. Hey, man. We just keeping it right? lit. And on top of that, yo, they don't they don't fuck with my money, man. Yeah. And I told Ant, I was like, yo, he was even talking about it earlier this week, cause you know my thing is it's like people ask you to be, they ask you to be fake. Mm. I ain't come here to be fake. Right. And I ain't never fake. Thing about it is, it's like the same way you talking to me now. You gonna talk to me off the mic, on the mic, wherever we at. It's gonna be the same. Yeah. And they don't fuck with my money. And I honestly feel like oh, if you're a critic and you have not given up the sacrifice to equate to exactly what you you are having an opinion about, what in one in one sense where. You're comparing what you think should have been done. If you do not have the ability to directly equate to that situation, and I'm not talking about things that you can draw as parallels. I'm talking about, yo, oh, I've made a comic, or I've made an, I've done animation, I've done this, I've done that. If you don't have the ability to do that, shut your mouth. I don't think you're hearing that from other artists, like you said, you know. Well, I, I'm not, and not. Not that that's a justification yeah, for, I'm not for your that. position I'm not or that's anything. Like, that's not validation, yeah. dude. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I know so many people that are so much better than me. Yeah. I can name them, like, I mean, I'm talking about every fucking body. I get it, you know. But what I'm talking about is, like, my overall understanding as an artist. That's how I rate myself. And there's a certain level of confidence, I feel. Not in where I am comparatively to other people, but I feel like, you know, I understand where I want to be. And that only deals with art. And that's the first time I've had that kind of like understanding, you know, as an artist. Yeah. Uh, Because that's what I think about. Like, I don't think about like the rest of that shit, you know. No, I don't. What kind of art are you doing right now? Right now, I'm working in animation. Yeah. So I'm storyboarding. I've been storyboarding about, oh, shit, four years. Mm. You know? Well, almost four years. I got here four in 2011. I got here in 2011 uh, to work on Black Dynamite Season 1. Uh, after that, I started That's working. where Mark told me about you mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. And it was like... That was a long time ago now. Yeah. Yeah, it was a minute ago, and and he was like, "Yeah, we got some, we got some young, you know, <laughs> young we got some energy. young boss, you know." Um, I was and- a, I was a thug back then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Walk- <laughs> Tell me about that. <laughs> Tell me about that. You guys, man. I want to see you guys' conversation. Just hey, fly on the wall, not even in it. Shout out to Mark, yo. I had a, I had a fucking uh, hacksaw in my fucking trunk because I keep a hacksaw in my trunk, you know. I'm not saying I just know, yo, man. I done had cars break down on me, bro. Yeah. So I know what it means to have cars break down on you. So I keep a toolbox in my trunk. Okay. I happen to have okay. a hacksaw with a uh-huh. new blade, and right. it's like, yo, shout out to Karen. You know, they two little sons. <laughs> you know. Boom. They, they, she came home because she was Elijah. supposed to be buying like a, a way to like chop the toilet seats off. Okay. Uh, yo, man, I was like, yo, I got a hacksaw in my trunk. Oh. <laughs> we saw that joint out in like two minutes, yo. Uh-huh. But that's how much that's my family, though. You yeah, know, I nice. fucks with Mark. That's, yeah. my, that's my homie, man. Became you know? a bond. I mean, and the two of you guys are at Tip Mouse Studios in the middle of Hollywood. 
Yo, man, shout out to Chris P and uh, Chris Shannon P. Shannon. Well. Yeah, who they moved me out here. Oh, and Carl Jones, I don't know how that's how that went. Out. I'm stoked. They moved me out here. I got this. When I first got out here, they let me stay with them in mm. your house. Mm. I had never met them before. Chris and Shannon. Wow. Never met them before. They're they amazing. Off the, off the merit of just them liking my work. And, man, it was the best. I, it was the most kind. One of the most kind things that has ever happened to me in my life. I owe them for the eternity of, of my entire animation. Wow. Wow. It changed me like that. That's amazing. As well as LaShawn. Yeah. Caron. Carl Jones. Shout out to Chris, obviously longtime friend of Meltdown. Shout out to Shannon. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know Chris and Shannon. Yeah, yeah. I knew Chris and Shannon from when they're on Melrose. They were on a a, a storefront in Melrose. We were. I don't even think we were in Culver City at that time. We were in Santa Monica, crammed into a small studio. So, uh, and their generosity. It as you say that. It, I, I feel good about that, but it doesn't surprise me at all because yeah. of how warm and opening that they were to Super us. Super warm and, and even, opening. Yeah. It's an amazing thing, dude. Yeah. It was so, great. That's awesome. I enjoy it, man. And, and the creativity. So you came from Charlotte straight to Titmouse, which was pretty much the apex of animation, especially independent animation. Especially then. Yeah. In terms of exactly. At that I, point. I never... I mean, I feel so fortunate. I feel like... Um, me moving there, moving here rather, or moving there at that at that time, was equivalent to the NBA '95 and uh, '96, '97 draft. Hmm. Okay. You know. Okay. Iverson okay. came 96. out of that. Yeah, Ray yeah. Allen. Right. Kobe. Yeah. Everybody. Exactly. Grady. Right. You're talking about like. Right. You know that was the last that was the last golden age of the NBA. Yeah. You know that was when like so, what like three or four good people were so good that they brought up. The, com- the competition of everyone around him. You, you know? Carl, Shannon. No, 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 no. Carl Chris. came out here about like 10 no, years but, before but, me. But, but still. But from North Carolina, yeah, though. And was... he pulled me out of North Carolina because he had just bought a house in Charlotte right when he hired me. Oh. And he was like, yo, I was just in Charlotte two weeks ago because he, he was living in North Carolina. Okay. His, yeah, his, yeah. Um, his wife, Monica, from High Point. Mm. That's where my uncle lived. Mm-hmm. You know oh. what I mean? Born and raised. You right. feel me? Right, y'all go back. Yeah. Yo, real shit. Yeah. Like, no, no, our roots is dead. Yo, North Carolina's the shit, man. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Ben Kalina. You yeah. know what I mean? Tip Mouse's uh, line producer, main producer. I mean, he a partner now, man. I don't know what he do. He get busy over there. Shout out to Ben, man. Get nice. your money. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, um... He was like, yo, I don't know what it is, but the, most of us, the nicest draw artists we've got as character designers mm. and just working in animation come out of North Carolina. Mm. But yo, man, think about it. Mm-hmm. Let's think about it real. We ain't got no accolades, right? With what's happening. Yeah. Jason Latour, Chris Brunner, Sanford Green, yo, he be, he's South Carolina, but you know, mm-hmm. they baby North Carolina. Yeah, they exactly. Like yeah, Carolina. Yeah, they're junior. You know, stand up. He there. Yeah. Steph Curry, born and raised, best player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Cameron Newton, Carolina Panthers. From Atlanta, played in Charlotte his and, whole and life. Like we're talking about uh, on the hip hop level. Exactly. And you know, nice. they hate on him just because he be King, dabbing. You know, King Mess? Yeah. King Mess is, is, is the homie's homie. Yeah. And was telling me about him two, three years ago. Yeah. And now he writes. <laughs> The big, the biggest record of the year with Dre, killed it. Compton, 
killed. He's him. the first voice you hear on the Compton him. soundtrack. Dude, man. I mean, which was like and Durham. He from Durham. Dude, man. I believe he's from Durham. Come Durham, on, man. Yeah. J. Cole. Yeah, Cole. Hey, Cole man, World. North Carolina's winning, and yeah. not only that, Steph and Cam. Yeah. Steph is actually born and raised in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Cam's only played his whole career in Charlotte. Right. He from Atlanta though, mm-hmm. which is our sister city. Okay. Yeah. Hey, man, Charlotte is fucking winning right now. Tell me we ain't winning. In many ways, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of black bankers in Charlotte. I mean, there, there's a lot going you know, on. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Many ways. Yeah. Costa Rica, which is mm-hmm. second to New York, but. Hey man, shout out yeah. to seven oh four. Hey, listen, I do think that the best credit you can ever give York, your hometown so. is by succeeding wherever you are. Yeah. yeah, you know that's as long as you remember the hometown, it's it's great. And I and you mentioned J Cole. It's a great that's that's a great <laughs> statement. Um, that's a great statement. Thanks, man. But you did mention J Cole, and you know, truth be told, I've tried to listen to his most recent album. I'm not a big fan. But that's just my hip hop. Forest Hills Drive joint. Yeah, I, it's, I, I like that shit, it's man. It's a mood, listen, listen, man. Gotta, it's a mood. Like just, you have but, to have been there. Well, you know what? But, but let me finish. Go ahead. Go for it. it. It has been hard for me to, you know, get into it. But I watched that HBO documentary, Going Home or whatever. I got halfway through it. I fell asleep. But I love that album, though. I, I mean. I did. I did actually speed through or fast forward through all the, the performance too. parts. Me too. Because I wanted. Because I wanted to hear about you and you hear about the insight. Yes. Of like, yeah, I did the same thing that you're yeah. talking about. Like every single time. And I am telling and you, know, you. You know when you fast forward, it has the little thumbnail. Yes. Over the, like yeah, yeah. Over the timeline, yeah. so you know where you're stopping. Right. Yeah. And absolutely. I actually had such an appreciation mm. for J. Cole. Mm. I gave. I mean, I res- I act for him to go back mm-hmm. to Fayetteville and do that concert. Bring Jay Z, bring Drake. I don't even care if I don't like that music, you know. I love what he did. He killed it. And bro. I am telling you, and that he gets all my respect. He killed and it. And so I actually have hey, now hey, taken Cole. to listening to the music yeah, a bit. Oh, nice. Hey, you know what though? His oldest shit. I ain't never liked none of it as a cohesive product. Right. Like Forest Hills, Hills Drive. I mean, I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. and he did. Yo, he yeah. was the first person that came after Beyonce with the surprise album in the same year mm. and went platinum by mm. himself, mm. bro. Mm. As yeah. a as a fellow hip hop aficionado, mm. do you realize he's the first artist in like twenty years to go platinum off an uh, album that has no fucking features. I bought that shit. I have it I in bought, my car. I bought it. Like, you feel me? I buy, not, I, I right. buy CDs still. Yeah. Am, I, am I old hell because of that? <laughs> no, that's good if me. you can find them. You know what I mean? It's I buy CDs still. Them. I bought the digital. I, I got I my, the my, 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 uh, 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 what's it called? Radio player shit. Mm. CD player shit yeah, in the yeah. car. Mm-hmm. You're my stereo. Your my stereo. bad. I sound like, oh, radio player. The Facebook. Hey, man, my shit is still like, um. I can do Bluetooth with my shit. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't work. It, it's not the same. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not you know what same. I mean? It's not the same as the CD, right? Yo, man. You get that? I, I that, love the yeah, Apple, the that, artwork. Yes. Yeah. I love unfolding the package inside yeah. thing, the display, seeing the presentation. Yeah. I think it's everything. But not only that, man. That was an LCD, and I always thought he was like the sad puppy dog rapper. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right, right. I knew right, he was right. nice. He was yeah. always nice. Yeah, yeah. But this shit, he killed that shit. He came with it. He and came, man. I was like, yo, man, he, this nigga's yeah, undeniable. Exactly. He killed it, bro. Yeah. Like Jeezy first album. Yeah. That feel. Mm-hmm. It's like a trap mm-hmm. nigga that's okay. talking to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he telling you what it is. Yeah. And yeah. it's real. Yeah. And it's like it's heartfelt. Lyrically. 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 No, and tonally. Okay. All right. And and it's not tonally just only carried by the production. So let's listen to um, shit, man. It's hard for me to. Let's listen to Thuggin'. I think that's number eight on that CD. Yeah, J. Cole with the storytelling, man. Yeah, I know, but it's like some hood shit. And yeah, I love yeah. I love J. Cole, man. Yeah. But get me wrong, man. You know what I mean? The lyricist stand. I yeah. love that shit. You know? Yeah. But I'm talking about when some like some things come together, right? Sure. Like, yo, man, I don't give a fuck what you was doing. Mm. When you heard Jeezy. Mm-hmm. First album. That first one, yeah. Thug Motivation 101. 101. Hey man, if you didn't fucking understand what he was saying, <laughs> then you can't talk to me. I, that's in the phone. <laughs> that's in the phone. That was that was my that was that was my workout music. That was my I'm gonna get brolic music. This mad lit. Listen to this sample. Oh, I got you instrumental. Mm. This is for you to do the lyrics. I don't do no lyrics, man. I don't rap. I rock. But the... you want to? No. Come on. You never had a desire. I always I wrote lyrics and shit, but that shit don't mean nothing to me though. I draw. I don't get pressured into situations neither. Not pressure. But I am saying that you did want to at one time. I mean, no. Who did want to grab the mic? I'm not saying that. I still still enjoy it, too. I think that it's just not what I enjoy more, man. I love art for the sake of loving art. So much so that, like, you know, honestly, man, I think there are many things of other parts of the market that we can be in entertainment that Mm -hmm. kind of draw me closer to them you know what I mean more but however I still feel like I'm associated with him I I do it because I love it man you know there's my homie Randolph would tell you I do it we do it because we love it but we love it I love it in a way that I can't explain you know it it but you it, can feel it it's more than no I'm it. saying as a outside source I mean I can feel your love for what you do. I appreciate that because I mean, that shit is real. Yeah. You know it's not fake. Right. It ain't no cloud hanging over your head. Yeah, I don't think that you really portray fake. I don't do that. I mean, I, 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 your art doesn't portray <laughs> fake. Your, your lyrical, your lyrical speeches don't portray fake. I think uh, I'm actually. Jokes, what was interesting uh, is that. You said you're working on. Can I say it? No, on. no, never mind. Cannot say. Please put this on. Just okay, then never mind. But you Soul were survivor. Then I don't want to talk about what you're working on. But no. I was very impressed. The point was. I will that say this though. I'm working at Warner Brothers, and like I'm working with. I can tell you who I'm working with. Mm. For the first time in my life, I'm working with Bruce Tim, which is amazing. Oh my God! You know, I'm not working with him. I can't say that I met him, and I've only I only see him in the copy room where the kitchen is because mm-hmm. where, where, where our wing of the building is wow. he has his own build. I mean come on man yeah. he has his own office I mean he's Bruce <laughs> right. Tim I see him at the copier all the time mm-hmm. when I'm getting coffee or getting water however I do work with him and it is that's what it is that's what but it I is. don't chase nobody neither right 
Cause it would be weird if he was if I was like, hey, I'm this guy. How are you? Hey man, no. You'll mm-hmm. never see me do that shit. If we don't meet on the right terms, we'll never right. meet. Right. But we say hello to each other. Mm-hmm. You know who I am. Right. And I got a physical presence, man. How many niggas is it in Warner Brothers? Yo, man, I got the fortune yeah. of working with the Copeland brothers, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Justin and Chris Copeland, they are amazing people. Wow. And I met them back when I met uh, Art Dillon, that was uh, two years after that. Okay. I was 19, actually, you know, when they were Art Dillon. Yeah. Them, uh, okay, they, they were part of Art Dillon. Well, yeah, they were when I met them. Okay. When I was 15. Got it. And who else was in Art Dillon? Ed McGinnis. So you asked me who else was on Art Dillon, right? Ed McGinnis. Um... LaShawn Thomas LaShawn Thomas uh, Karen Grant Sanford Green Back then mm-hmm. Wow That was That was a long time ago Yeah I, But that was Internet 1.0 yeah. Maybe 1.5 And That was a fascinating thing For those Them to come together like that You know It's kind of like it's a brief moment in time. A brief moment in time that will never be captured because you had to imagine all these things. Yeah. That's the thing that I kind of like yeah. is, as we do a podcast, but even how Adam was talking about he got into Cole because of seeing him in the documentary. Yeah. Like, I like not knowing yeah. Cole's documentary yeah. and just hearing it through the music and creating it myself. Yo, I, I like, like turned it off because yeah. I was like, I love this album too much right. for him to destroy it yeah. by his explanation. Wow. Yeah, see, for me, it, well, that's if you like that artist or you like that mm. music or you're from North Carolina and you mm. feel you already know it. Mm. For me, yeah. my thing is, even now, I am a very strict uh, underground hip-hop kind of guy. Just everything I like is, and it got that East Coast Kinge to it, yeah. you know, and that's what I listen to. And there's so much music out there mm-hmm. that I don't have time to listen to everything. Yeah, I really don't. Yeah, so I have respect, to pick respect. and choose what I need to do. Yeah, and the way I do that is I go to the underground hip hop uh, music site mm-hmm. that is undergroundhiphop.com. Mm-hmm. I look at what the new vinyls they're putting out, and then I just go and search what they're putting out. And that's how I find my stuff. And so if it's J. Cole or someone on the radio, I'm just... So are you, I, you're a DJ? That's what you're saying that you do to listen to your personal collection? I do for personal. I make... I think we all do something similar. Yeah, I, I think, got, I think yeah. that we all right. go to a hip-hop, hip-hop-like site yeah. that hosts like the newest singles. And then as well, uh, it's always linked to... I mean, let's, like, let's like break it down into like their purest form of... like. Like commercialism, right? Mm-hmm. Really, what they do, they go on, they do a bunch of like commercial efforts where they go and they on like interviews and all that shit. They they do that and they put it on a site that we all that we all know, or at least we see the single or whatever. And then if it's like associated with a, uh, an album, we wait in anticipation for an album, or we go to that piff and we download it. Right. You know. Right. Well, that, I mean, that is what I do, and so for me, J. Cole is just on the radio, so I automatically. Yeah, but to, to me, but he, I deny it. And he never felt like that dude that like made me feel like this that shit. But like this joint, hey man. <laughs> there you go. It stopped you in your hey. tracks. <laughs> but here's the point that I'm saying yeah, is that, that it took me something extra. To get to the J. Cole. Because if it's on the radio, I automatically deny it. 
I'm glad you guys are loving this. All right, so I got two dudes just going nuts for this song. So why this song? Why'd you just pick this song? Motivation. Motivation. Hey, I hope you never say fuck my podcast. <laughs> you said that. that with such force. I never say that. <laughs> nah, I, just, I just feel like, yo, man, you know, I just think that, like, you know, I'm riding I, I with think, awesome you know, hip hop shit. Por vida, homes. I think there'll be, like, an interesting rebuttal because of that. And I think that I'm interested in finding out what that is. Okay. Because, uh, as a person of pure passion, and I put everything into everything that I have. At least everything that I do on a creative level. And it always means something. It doesn't necessarily mean what you want it to mean during the time frame that you want it to mean. Because I have things of, uh, you know, I, 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 I dabble in certain things that I feel like position me for great things. Now... Let's speak about it in the like common lowest common denominator, which would be Yeah, man, there might be certain things that people feel might be detrimental to the culture. And I think that's what the real argument is. But can't protect I, I, the culture. It's not about the culture being, is yeah, the organism. The, the culture is the culture. Yeah. And I'm not sending shots that's going to deflate the culture. Uh and the Quite the contrary. Culture I protects think that, itself. Like I said earlier, I think if you're going to associate any aspect of the culture with something that should be aware of itself, it should always be superheroes. Like, think about Batman. Batman goes around and beats people up with force because he has money. Batman is the his you know his superpower is white privilege. That's mm. a superpower. To the utmost, you know. Wow. And then, it, like, it's weird with Batman because he like just abuses people. And as every other superhero, they all solve every problem with force. The my favorite character out of any superhero lore. I appreciate superhero lore because I think that they I, they need to exist for me. To understand fully what the concept of this character exists is, mm-hmm. to be back on some nerd shit, right. you know, let's get back on track. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a nerd too. Right. I love it. You know, this is what I do. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, Doctor Doom. You know, mm. um, he's not necessarily yeah. the most tragic character, but his motivations are complex, and I think that's what's so dope about like villains. But I just think that like people that think that honestly. If you take superhero shit so close to chess that it like affects your mood when people speak illy of them, <laughs> then you need to reevaluate your life. Yeah, you know? yeah. Most you know what I mean? Yeah. That's my honest opinion. You feel me? Well put. I mean, what's great is we're all here for the time that we're here, right? Yeah. And we leave the mark you know that we decide to leave mm-hmm. in this time period that we're here yeah that's a great that's a great quote and i think uh great quote excuse me i think that i i, I want you to elaborate on that 
but I really do think that you hit the like the nail on the head when you said that like we leave the mark that we want to leave mm. while we're here. Yeah. And sometimes that mark is public. Sometimes it's not. It'll, it'll yeah, never but be public. It doesn't matter. I yeah. think if you're trying to leave a mark and yeah. you're really trying to leave a mark, mm-hmm. and let's not do like a semantics game. Sure. In terms of what the definition of mark is. Right. You want to leave a mark. Mm. You're unapologetic to what people say. Yeah. I can give a fuck less about what people say. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. You don't affect my money at all, and mm. you they never will. You understand me? Absolutely. So it is what it is, man. Yeah. You yeah. know, and fuck them. Mm-hmm. And it's it's your family, your people, the way they've left a mark on you. Yeah. The way that you're standing on the shoulders yeah. of, of giants. Some giants. Just like we you said, know, man, with like, the Neil deGrasse Tyson, man. He's one know. of my favorite people in the world, man. We're only here because we stand on the shoulders of giants. That's the only reason that we're here. You know, you stand And you're in with Bruce Tim. Yo, man. You hey. in the copy machine with Bruce Tim. Like, I can't not, say that he's my friend. Uh, that yeah, yeah. He doesn't know no, me. Yeah, but but it's he not, knows who I am. Yeah. I mean, at least his office is across You're the hall. You're basically in the it's room. It's not a fan. Creating. Yeah. It's well, not a fan I, situation. I have some kind of yeah, sense like of that. Yeah. But that's a that's a huge thing. I, but you know what, though? It's not saying that, like, that's not something I've done before. This is like a new transition in my life. You know? Don't get me wrong. You know? I'm not trying to act like. I'm like that dude. Right. This is a privilege of mine. Like, yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. I'm not faking the funk. Yeah. You know, I ain't saying I ain't nice, but I'm nice in my own regard. And what I feel like I'm nice at, you know what I mean? Oh, but yeah. that's it though. Mm-hmm. That's it though. That's so subjective. Yeah. That is, and, and everybody else is going to take an objective standpoint to it and they're going to feel what they feel and as they should. That's what keeps the clock moving. What kind of music do you make creatively when i used to make music i was very much into like like gutter shit mm. like shit like this the perfect loop mm. you know three six mafia i got every three six mafia cd from 92 mm. to 99 mm. you realize how many albums that is <laughs> that's 27 <laughs> three six mafia put out 27 albums mm. yeah kill yourself you know that they in, win an in, Oscar in an eight-year span. Oh, I know. So you, so let's think about it. Juice and Paul. You know, yeah, let's think about it. Even yeah. though you don't know them, yeah. As a group, they're the only hip-hop group ever to win an Oscar. To win an Oscar. Yeah. So you don't know about them. I know about but them. But no, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying yeah. that. Even if you don't, I'm saying right, hypothetically right. speaking. Yeah, yeah. You to the public. Yeah. You don't know about them, but that's how long they've been grinding. Okay. To the point that they justifiably won an Oscar. You know? Come on, man. How many Can't albums did, that. How many albums did Project Pat have? At least nine before the Oscar. <laughs> how many albums did Project Yo, man, Pat no, have? No, I don't think I don't think that. Boop. Actually, I think about four. I think he had Murderers and Robbers. He was his, busy. That was his first one, because he Juicy J Brothers. Yeah. That was his first one. Then I think he had like My wife's from Memphis. No, hold up. I think he had Land this no, not land the SmackDown. He had um, uh, fuck. Maybe land the SmackDown might have been the fourth. Getty Green might have been the second. Mm-hmm. So let me say land the SmackDown. I I can't say this is right. Then Getty Green might have been the second. I mean the third. Okay. And then choices might have been fourth. Hey man, 
Just know that nigga Pat. Let's let's hey yo, you gonna play some beats? You wanna play some ill ass beats? Play the fucking beats from cause you know DJ Paul and Juicy J was the super producers. Mm-hmm. Play fucking um uh, like aggravated robbery. Okay. Like shit from laying the smack down. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Paul. Come on, no, no, no. Patrick Pat, man. Patrick Pat had some of the illest beats because you know uh, oh, yeah. DJ Paul and uh, DCJ, they made all their beats together. Right. Back in the day. Yeah. Yo, the, my favorite CD. My favorite CD. My favorite CD is uh. You good? Yeah. Favorite CD is uh. Laying the Smackdown. I mean, not laying the Smackdown. Uh, when the smoke clears. Excuse when me. Smoke clears. Okay. Yeah. That's when I had them sipping on some syrup. Right. Yeah, right. no, nah, but yo, that uh, city was fucking awesome. Yeah. And that was that was part of the culture was just being prolific. Yeah. You know. We're just doing new shit. But they was already like doing shit from way back when. Mm. They was already making beats from way back when. Yo, they got like so much Stacks money. 2.0. That was yeah, they, they was making so much money back then. Yeah. That it was like because they was nice, man. Yeah. They they was the illest samplers. And you like know, Isaac people Hayes get Kanye got, get that yeah. like kind of credit for that shit. Yeah. Yo, man, 3-6 Mafia still always get that credit for that. DJ Paul and Juicy J will never be broke, ever. It's a crazy correlation. Because they get blown out. Even even Ye flies them out. You know, when he makes his albums. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they so nice with right, it. Right, right. Yo, man, they made beats up like Maniac Cop. They're like... What's the fucking Maniac Cop whistle? The crazy Maniac Cop whistle from the horror movie. Mm. Yeah, look that shit up. They made a dope-ass <laughs> beat off of this shit. This is actually the stay fly instrumental. Yeah. Stay fly. You did go lyrics. Look at you. Nah, I just remember this. Yeah. Beats and rhymes. Um, we look forward to playing you more, bringing you back, of course. Yeah, man. I've been talking shit all night. You got to wrap it up somehow. This is epic. We got. You're gonna come back for the rebuttal after that next. Podcast on we got yeah. epicness. Let them know. I, I mean, gonna be a for short that shit podcast. too. We, you know, they yeah. will. They will either find it or they won't. Fuck them. Yeah. There you go. We gonna we catch up sooner rather than later. Mm. So thanks for coming on, man. This you know you're amazing. my homie, man. Yeah, it's all good. Boom. This episode of On Some Hip Hop Shit was produced by Brandon Schultz and Adam Silverstein, engineered by Mason Booker, and recorded at the Meltcast Podcast Studios, Hollywood, California. They got street legends. Our theme was produced by King Smo of the Animal Crackers, and a special thanks to Francisco, Gaston, Mark, and Mike Davis. Artwork by Self Uno. Tweet to us at our brand new handle at on some hip hop shit, and that is what's up. <laughs>